Welcome to episode 47 of Coffee Pods and Wads, the first of the train series, a five-part series focusing on each of the key components of training and self-improvement, strength, engine, nutrition, recovery, and our first area of focus, mindset. How often have you approached a workout with negativity, compared yourself to someone else, or heard the phrase, oh, you missed that lift before you even lifted the bar? Mindset is something that's integral to your training and your competing, whether you're aware of it or not. Tom from Mindset RX works with everyday gym goers as well as games athletes like Brian Fukowski. In this episode, he speaks about the importance of mindset, how to develop it, and some of the common pitfalls that people are likely to slip into. Sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness-focused drink to support your performance. So, episode one of the train series, focusing on mindset. So, tell us a little bit about you and your company that you are involved with. Sweet. So, I'm Tom, Tom Foxley. I run Mindset RX and we provide mindset coaching, world-class mindset coaching to the functional fitness community. Um, and how did I get into it? I suppose that's probably the, the more interesting story. I was going through training for the Royal Marines as a, as a reservist and concurrently a personal trainer. And I realized that the, the same lessons I was learning in training for the Royal Marines were the same lessons that I was applying to coaching my athletes. And then I started coaching CrossFit at the same time. And I was, I was like, oh, there's, there's, there's key elements in here. And I started drawing them out and kind of like having the same conversations over and over and over again. And then I realized like, oh, these people, they're not just limited physically, they're limited limited mentally they, they they've got mindset challenges the same as the rest of us do and like and i started applying those to um to to people individually on a, on a like kind of on a non-training specific basis and then i realized that oh there's there's something more to this and people need this service and um, so that's kind of how how i got to where i am yeah like do you think maybe that's why there's such a strong link then between like armed forces and like crossfit and functional fitness and stuff yeah there's definitely traits that carry um the, like i'm wearing that embrace, embrace hardship i was literally just right gonna now. say you're, yeah. <laughs> you're just as embrace yeah. hardship and both of those things involve hardship like either personal or collective like yeah like I've, i have this friend like that i have this conversation with and we have the same conversation every single time and it's like the people i like are the people who've not necessarily been through something difficult but have like experienced hardship or have had to embrace hardship or they, they have like this depth to them like a, a yeah. realness to them and it's like and i can i like you can feel there's something that you want to connect to um and i think that crossfitters and functional fitness kind of that as a whole and also the the military as a whole like there's certain things that that tessellate quite nicely there's like mm-hmm. almost an overlay um so yeah there's, there's definitely there's carryover between the between the two aspects. Yeah. Um, name of the show is Coffee Pods and Wads. So, do you drink a lot of coffee? Yeah, I'm. I'm so stoked. Like you, you've absolutely nailed my core interests. When I saw you come through in my email, I was like, yes, like that is that is me. Um, so I am as pretentious as it can come with coffee. Um, like I'm, I'm massively into my AeroPress. Um, I've got a little handheld, a handheld like mini espresso pump as well, which is pretty legit. Oh, like one of those little travel things, is it? Yeah, mini presso. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. great. Um, but yeah, AeroPress is my my jam. Um, very much into the coffee roasters here in Vancouver. Um, yeah. Do, do you make um, espresso with your AeroPress, or do you just do like a full like a americano? I go for, you're, you're ready to get into the weeds. Um, so <laughs> the, the technique I go through is 34 grams of coffee, top it up with 140 grams of, um, of 80 degree water, press it through once and then top it up with 160 grams of, okay. of water and you get like a kind of Americano style, like a yeah. long coffee type thing. Apparently double filtering in AeroPress is key. That's the, I don't know if you know 3FE in Dublin, the guy that owns that, Colin Harriman, he's like... no. He's a genius when it comes to coffee, but he was like, he did a, he did an, an Instagram TV video at the very start of lockdown, and he went into the minutia of like he was like you know wet your filter and all like the kind of basic stuff, and then he was like, and double filter it, and then he said something about, I can't remember if he said like I don't actually know if this is scientifically correct or not was the thing he said first, 
but he said something about the way that you stir it making a difference as well. But I don't know, he's like you should look him up because he, he does he puts out good stuff as well. Like, I'm but, uh, that. Yeah, what's the coffee scene like in Vancouver now? Um, it's pretty good. Like I, I came from London, and where it's really good and yeah. it's full of Aussies, so it's, it's automatically brilliant. Like the coffee culture from Australia being brought over to London's obviously fantastic. Um, it's pretty good here. There's lots of small local roasteries. Um, mm. There's a, quite a good one called Forty Ninth Parallel, which is where I get the majority of my coffee from. Um, and where else is good? Yeah, there's. Uh, I just had a batch from Bowen Island Coffee Roasters. And that was really good, um, but yeah, there's there's loads of there's loads of little small small ones. Around. Um, it's not quite the same. It's a bit more individual than London. London, you seem to have a few key brands. In the UK yeah. as a whole, you seem to have a few key brands that kind of go throughout, or a few key roasters. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty unique, pretty individual. You get some good stuff. That's cool. Um, I love hearing about guests like favorite coffee moments. Um, so you know, have you got a memory that springs to mind of maybe an enjoyable coffee or a social scenario or in that involved coffee? Yeah, so like the two, like so I do a lot of ski mountaineering and and like that's that's like outside of, of training, that is my main focus. Like I suppose that's my focus for training. So the first things I pack are my AeroPress, my Jetwell. So I get up there and it's like, <laughs> and I get a bit annoyed because it's like, I, do I really want to pack a digital thermometer to make sure the water is the right temperature? Or not? I'm, I'm not going quite that far, but like the airy press and, and some freshly ground or fairly freshly ground beans and, and a jet boil. And like, I, I take that up and there was one day uh, last year where it was just a complete powder day. And it's like coming to the Pacific Northwest, there's so much snow here compared to the Alps. And when it snows, it just, dumps and it's like mm. big snow um and we had this one day where it, it must have snowed about a, a meter in the past 24 hours so it's just like limitless wasty or kind of chesty powder and you fall over and you just lose everything you own um and we'd, i'd had a few laps of that and it was a brilliant day and we just got up at the top and like it was still pumping down with snow um sat underneath a tree like put your skis down on the floor so you can sit on a little bench, a little snowfer, and then uh, like channel out a little thing, just like cutting a little depression from my jet boil, like chatting with friends, quick sip of rum as well. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a good day. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the best coffee, I reckon. Definitely sounds scenic. Mm, definitely. Don't, don't know was it worth the hassle getting up there for it. I probably would have just gone to a cafe down the street, but I suppose that's maybe I don't like embracing hardship quite as much as you do. Oh, it's, it's the skiing. It's the skiing. Um, you've got the Mindset RX podcast, um, mm. and you've chosen to do this, uh, like more recently anyway, in short form, like kind of 10, 12 minute episodes on different topics. Is there a reason why? I suppose one, what you stole, chose to do it in that kind of format, and two, why you chose the medium of podcasting in the first place. Yeah, the reason I chose podcasting is because I listened to him the whole time. Like I was, that's where I got, I suppose, the impetus to start pushing for my own self development a bit more. It's like mm-hmm. start listening to Tim Ferriss, start listening to Joe Rogan, start listening to those kind of like this this typical podcast. Um, and I was realizing, oh, if I'm consuming a lot of podcasts, I'm guessing a lot of people want to consume podcasts in this format but there's nothing really the way i want to do it and and there's there's a few reasons like purely logistical why i wanted to um to record this short form podcast first one's like that like we were speaking about just now like the kind of the time commitment to getting getting guests on board but also trying to develop like our coaching and, and kind of hold our coaches to a higher standard like the aspects of running a business and like and coaching athletes individually as well I've like got all these competing things in it it just wasn't a, a high priority for me despite really enjoying it um it wasn't like like that lead domino that i could push and it would have the effect on all the others um so i really enjoyed these these short like sharp podcasts and right now what we do is we record a or we we uh we write a, an email every day and it's just like here's a short snippet of mindset advice and we record that in audio format as well because mm. some people prefer reading some people prefer listening and uh, other people just like listening to an english voice so like, <laughs> there you go you have everything you've um you've joined up with brad fukowski and the mm. professor project as well how's that been it's been really good really good like brent is a true professional and there's like there's very few people that I've worked with that have just gone like, so we work personally, I, I coach him on mindset mm-hmm. as well. And like, there's, there's, there's been very few people that I've worked with who have just like gone with it 
it's like, okay, here is it. And he sees the value in it. And he's like, yep, I am committing to this. And he is like a true professional. If he can maximize something, he'll do it. Like, like all athletes, sometimes to his detriment, like it's like, how hard can you go? How far can you go? But that's because he's, so, he's pushing the envelope so much. And it's like, he's, he's a fantastic example of like, how can we strive for better? He's always after striving for better. And that's why he's been around in the scene for so long and been doing so well. Um, he's always so yeah, over that's... that 1% as well, because like even he does like flotation therapy. He does like, he goes like drinks bone broth. You know, he goes around the norm yeah. to find that extra little 10th of a percent to add up to the 1%, you know, like he does all these little things, I think. And I think, you know, like to move on to the more mindset kind of stuff, I had written down a quote from him of like, basically my mental training and mindset preparation is just as important, if not more important than the training I do in the gym. Like I think many people, myself included, probably realize that mindset is something that they need to work on after they realize that they're deficient in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you nailed it. Like we can, we can look at it from two ways, but the way I'm like really interested is like, why are you training in the first place? You're not training because you want to lift something. You're not training because like, because there's a physical requirement usually that needs to be held apart from health and, and then the normal side. And we're really, we're training for a feeling like you're, you're not training. Like the thing that drives you to go pull a heavy clean, isn't the fact that you can get a weight like a, how many kilos to your shoulder it's the fact that like oh i'll feel like a fucking boss when i do that i'll feel i'll see my own improvement i'll um it could even be as as like as simple as like oh and impress other people i'll show other people that I, there's there's an emotional driver mm-hmm. behind everything and like once you realize that and once you realize that oh maybe there's a there's an aspect of that, that i'm not fulfilling at the moment then it's like oh okay i've got, I've got something to work on uh mindset wise mm-hmm. but like yeah we we, we definitely tune out the fact that we're deficient in some mindset capacities and like we like it requires a lot of awareness and a lot of uh, a lot of patience with discomfort to go oh okay actually or tolerance of discomfort to go you know I am like I do need to improve this and the humility as well do you, do you find the same like if you're working with a lot of different functional fitness athletes and crossfit athletes and stuff do you find the same issues? cropping up across the board like are they kind of okay the, the person dif- differs like from person to person how they might handle those issues differs from person to person but do you find the same maybe insecurities or the same lack of self-belief crops up yeah. throughout this yeah it depends what challenge you are you're working on um there's like we we talk about mindset models quite a lot and there's there's four mindset models and the, you've got the champ which is where you want to get to right so the champ mm-hmm. is like okay it's the end goal and i I still haven't found anyone who's truly the champs mindset. Like we all have slight deficiencies and we, it's like this, we, we've probably hit the champ like slight moments, but it's like, it's such a fine balance that you, it's very difficult to, to straddle that, that place and, and to, to remain in that place. But like there's people who make a very good effort. Brent, for example, like he, they, he nails it and he does really, really well, like sensing where he is. But then you've got three other mindset models. Typically, um, well, let's let's start with checks. Okay, checks is in checkmate. Like check is check a check mindset. It's like I feel like I can't get out of this situation. I'm stuck. I can't like move on. Like typically, this revolves around nutrition. It's like oh, I've, I've had this story reinforced so many times by the hopefully well-meaning people in the family or well-meaning influences but like ultimately it's it's brought about this this lack of self-belief and a, a slight victimhood and it's like i can't get out of this situation so it's checkmate um there's the chaser and this is where a lot of the higher level athletes who never quite make it are and it's like i want to be there now I'm really frustrated with my lack of progress i know i can do it but i want to be there now so they they go after um like new training programs, um, new coaches, they'll swap between nutrition stuff. They'll, they'll like constantly be seeking more, 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 more. And what happens is they get distracted and it's like a classic case of shiny object syndrome. So it's like, okay, right. I'm, I just want to be there now. Like, so they, they get very frustrated. They get very emotional. Um, the pent up, they're kind of like the puppy dog model. Like, it's just like, like bouncy. Sorry. A toddler. Yeah. 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 It's like, I want to be there now. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it's like. And then you have where the majority of people who are your 
average Joe and Jane who who go to a CrossFit class or go to like whatever it is, and they they're like they're quite ambitious. They they're usually a relatively high achiever in in some ways. They're switched on. They're fit, but they're never quite where they want to be. And this is the changer model. And it's because they're spending the whole time flicking between like, oh, I can't do this and I can do this and I can't do this and mm. I can do it. And they've got so many competing drives in life. They've probably got a family. They've probably got busy work. They've got training. They've got a social life. And for them, it's like, how do I find this balance in the middle? How do I find this like sense of ease? And how like the, the mindset growth there happens in like, how do I stop these massive swings and instead like have these smaller swings and, and balance somewhere in the middle? Um, recently, I recently heard that motivation is good, like it's a good tool, but ultimately it's like busy, workless because it ebbs and flows so regularly. What yeah. do you think of that statement? Yeah, you nailed it. Like it's motivation is fleeting. Like I, I don't know about you, but like I, I put out a post the other day saying something or an email saying something like, um, there's this, this myth that the world-class performers wake up every day, clapping their hands, listening to we, we Will Rock You, walking over fires on the way to their morning bowel movement. And it's like, it's not true. It's like, yeah. it's just like, there's like everyone has shit days. Everyone has days where you just wake up and go, like, I can't bother with this. I don't want to do this. But like, the difference between someone who gets where they want to be and someone who, someone who doesn't get what they want to be is that the person who gets where they want to be continues regardless. Yeah. And whilst motivation is fleeting mindset is permanent or well, mindset is a consistent it's a consistent very like it's like there's there's very very little change in it because it takes such a long time to change in the first place it it takes a long time to develop a mindset and it takes a long time to change a mindset mm. because there's so much influence to it so like motivation will come and go it'll depend on your sleep it'll depend on your nutrition it'll depend on recovery it'll depend on what the external situation is like your spouse, your work situation, um, what you've watched on Netflix last night, what podcasts you listen to, like all these things, like you might get a spark of motivation. When you get that, it's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to use that. But like relying on it, you're just going to burn out consistently. Um, so mindset is about like, okay, I'm going to train myself to maybe not even fully go after that motivation, but just rein myself in and try and find that balance point in the middle. Yeah. Um, responsibility is something that you've mentioned a lot so I suppose like taking responsibility yourself for like what's going on and stuff and I know like I've been in scenarios before so basically this is going to be like a counseling session so just strap in there <laughs> but I've, I've been in scenarios before and like I'm picking these scenarios because I think they might be like kind of common ones that other people might either openly say oh yeah I've been there or else might silently think like I've been there but I wouldn't talk about it um, but like I've been in scenarios before where like I'm frustrated at my train or I'm annoyed at how I'm performing or I'm feeling tired or you know I found and I like I think what happens is I find myself like directing that towards like external stuff so uh, I'd be guilty as well of like like abusive self-talk in the past but I think a turning point for me was um, I remember like in hindsight deliberately crossing paths with someone like I was walking towards the rake and I remember putting my dumbbells down is about a year ago and walking and slowing my pace enough that I'd have to bump into the person like you know that that we'd ha that I'd have to stop to let them mm -hmm. pass so that I could have that moment of like oh fuck's sake and like go around them mm -hmm. and I think it was like on the way home after that I was like you know I kind of had that moment of clarity where I was like Jesus that was completely irrational but like it showed how fragile my mental game was and like, thankfully I'm using the word was, but it took me time to realize that I think, you know, it's my own responsibility to, like I should have been able to see in that moment, like I'm not pushing hard either because there's something wrong or, you know, I'm tired or whatever. And I just need to keep moving and keep going through the motions and I feel good at the end of it. Or I needed to say, all right, come on, I lift it a little bit and let's fucking put the dumbbells down and jog over the rig and jump up, take a breath and go or whatever. Whereas instead I was like, Oh, I'm I'm gonna be pissed off at that person rather than or that moment with that person rather than mm -hmm. have that moment of self reflection. I think like I suppose it's an easy thing to say like oh you need to take responsibility for what you're doing and what you're not doing and stuff like that. But I guess that's something else as well with your mindset that takes time to kind of admit to needing to do and then to get used to doing. Yeah, like by the way, awesome like 
I love the fact that you're firstly so aware for yourself and secondly like willing to share that on like and because like so many people have experienced things like that and gone like oh, I can't can't say that to other people I can't show that I'm I'm not a perfect human being um but like let me ask you what like in retrospect what do you think the driver behind that was was it looking for an easy route out was it looking for conflict was it looking for distraction I think, from I think in, like, yeah like that that kind of hindsight has like I've had time because even when I was kind of thinking about like oh what will I ask him or whatever I that moment just sprung into my head along with a couple of others but like I think it was one it would give me an extra few seconds rest because I'd have to be frustrated at the I'd have to be metaphorically throwing my arms up and rolling my eyes and sure that'll take five seconds so I get an extra bit of rest but then I think I had that like it's irrational but I think I had that foresight to see or oh, if I'm pissed off at them and I jump up and I, I do my, you know, my toes bar don't click and I do a, a double swing, I'll in my head be able to say, that's because of that fucking walking over and having mm. to, you know, I, that threw me having to do that. And like, I don't think these are like conscious thoughts. And I, 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 don't, I wasn't walking over the way going, if I slow down enough, I'll be able to do this, that and the other, and then I'll be able to bail that person. But I think subconsciously it's like, right, I need an out here. I need like some way to blame something external rather than saying like you know just do it and see what happens like I spoke to Adam Davison the other week and he was like you know you examine all the things that are possible and you look at what's the worst case scenario and what's the best case scenario and then you just do it anyway and you just see what happens mm -hmm. and I think that's something that I kind of realized soon after that moment was just like I mean it does that person I'd say that walked past me to this day, has no idea if that happened. I could even after I could explain to them after this podcast that it's them I was talking about, and they won't. It wouldn't even register with them that it happened because for them it was just one of those like, oh, sorry, and like a quick jog mm -hmm. out of the way. But for me, it was like forty-five minutes of being pissed off at them, and then eventually turning it around to myself, like you know. Nice. So, like, don't you find it so fascinating that we're driven by things that we don't even understand? Like, oh, we crazy. do things that we we like. Oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. How, how many times do you surprise or disappoint yourself? Like we all do it. Like yeah. how many times do you like spend too long on your phone at night and like get, then get a crap sleep because of it? Like those kind of things, like we all do it. And there's all these subconscious drivers. There's all these things that are dictating our behavior without us even realizing it. And what you've brought in there is awareness. And like, this is, I think the, the benefit of what the, I suppose the Eastern mystics or the, 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 the research and the, the process of, of Eastern spirituality, like Buddhism and Taoism, like that's what they had so right. They, they realized that awareness was the key in changing that. And if you can become aware, not just of the thought and the emotional state, so like can we bring up awareness of your mental, emotional landscape and kind of see not just the outside world and, and living in it, but like step back and have that experience of it and like experience of us experiencing it and go, Oh, okay. Like this is what the world looks like. We can do that. Then we are like massively, massively onto the path of success. And this is where our tool observe your inner athlete comes in. Mm -hmm. um, and like some people might have heard of it some people might not but i'll go for a quick rundown it's like this is the start of journaling practices like this is where we start every athlete that we're with or 90 99 of athletes that we work with it's like okay start writing out whatever comes into your mind like bring out like whatever is like whatever crap is going through your mind start scribbling it out and like whether it's related to training whether it's not related to training whatever is busy like whatever thoughts, whatever emotions, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're remembering, write it out onto paper. And in the process of doing that, like you're, you're not trying to think about it. You're not trying to analyze it. You're not trying to be young on it. Like you're not going to like go, okay, this is what I'm, I'm thinking of. Like this, like you're just, you're just streaming consciousness onto paper. And when you do that, you can then seven days later or that day, if you've got a coach with you, look through it with some perspective and go, Oh, these are the stories coming up. Like I'm constantly blaming myself or these are the stories coming up. I'm, I'm always saying I'm too busy or too stressed or too tired or I'm blaming other people or like, or whatever it is for you. Or I'm, I'm frustrated. I can feel the tension in what I'm writing. And then like, Oh, there's a story here. And once you've got that subconscious story, then you can begin to work on it. And then also you're beginning to see it crop up in maybe your family life, maybe your uh, work life. But 
definitely your training because that intensity brings out that story even more and then you'll start doing things like bumping into people i was always being distracted before i started working on my mindset like i was like oh i'll speak to so and so i'll go and do this i'll check my phone like instead of actually doing the work and like that that story of avoiding discomfort um was was there so we all need to hone in on these stories we all need to find stories and when we generate enough awareness around them then we can create change is that a hard thing to start people doing if they've never done it like you know i think a fairly common thing over the last few years has been doing like gratitude journals and stuff like that of you know like maybe three things or whatever each day like I know I did that with I teach like and I did that with kids in school and it quickly becomes like you know what what do I think the teacher would want me to write here now that will make them think that I understand what's going on even like I might or I might not but they'll think I will Mm -hmm. like do you find that that it's it's a hard thing to start I suppose you know Especially, I think adults tend to be a lot more self-conscious where they're like, I don't want to do this wrong though. Like, what do I write down? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Or, you know, I imagine there's a lot of questions of like, well, do you mean that I'm supposed to write this down or this down? Or, you know, is it a tricky process to start? Yeah, definitely. But there's your first, there's your first story. It's like, you don't know what to do. You're self-doubting it. Like you've, you've automatically got like a starting point there. And just by like, there's no, there's no real way to do it right or wrong. There's like, here's your starting point and then you aim for progress. Like it's wherever you are. Like if you sit there and you write one word down, that's better than writing no words down. If you sit there and it's just dribble and there's nothing interesting there, it's better than just not getting anything out. Mm. So it's like, okay, you're going to start where you're going to start. And like, as long as we can guide you to progress, like that's what we're looking for. Like we've got the mantra of progress over perfection. Mm. Everyone wants progress to begin with. Everyone's looking for this, like, uh, sorry, everyone's perfect. Uh, perfection to begin with. They're looking for this like, like perfect outcome. It should be this way. It should be that way. But like, that's just a, that's just a way of dismissing the present reality mm. and where you are right now. And it's, it's dismissing where you are because it's uncomfortable to admit it. So it's like, we got to go back in and like, and just understand that, okay, we, you might be shit at this to begin with. But that's cool like it's just part of it's part of the process it's yeah. like you like just the same way as like I, I remember when i started learning how to squat this horrible thing like looking back at it, it's like oh it makes me gag like looking at it, it's disgusting and he's caving background and you say oh i didn't move like that but it's like the same thing with mindset work like i was crap mindset work when i started it and it's like i'm better now and that's the kind of if we can trend up over time then that's what we're looking for i think another thing um that comes up quite a lot would be like self-sabotage so like I think people, I suppose like the, the the most common one that it comes in under will be probably be nutrition where like, and again, my own experience, but like I take measurements every week, like weight and then like tape measurements or whatever, send them off. And then I'd get those kind of things where like, you know, in hindsight, I don't know what I was expecting, but in the moment I'm like lamenting the numbers when in reality I didn't hold up my end of the bargain for maybe the first three days of the week I like missed a meal or subbed in whatever or did whatever and then I'm still like whatever Friday morning or Saturday morning I'm waking up going like right okay these are going to be good now and then I like take them I'm like mm. oh no like why you know that it takes you know maybe 10 minutes to just be like well that's what's going to happen if you don't if you suddenly start on thursday because you've remembered you're sending your measurements off on saturday or whatever that's what's going to happen like do you know what i think that's why it's taken me like you know eight years to get to where i am and it'll probably take me another two or three years to get to where i want to be because like you know i generally struggle holding up my end of the bargain because like you know life gets in the way and i mm-hmm. like sometimes it takes control and i accept that like you know we have a kid and things are up in the air sometimes and stuff mm-hmm. but like are there steps that can be taken by the average person to, I suppose, one, identify self-sabotage and then two, like prevent it before it runs its course? Yeah, really nice. There's um, a great question, by the way. There's, there's a flip that we can have here and it's, I think it's a really important one. The way most of us think is like input equals output, which is correct. So it's like if I perform the right behaviors, I get the result that I seek or pretty much close to it and I can adjust the behaviors. And that's, that's where we're in this linear thing. It's like food in, results out, or training in, results out. It's like if we look at that, it's like, okay, I control my behaviors. They like, uh, yeah, I control my behaviors. I get the result that I want. But as we've already discussed, how much do you actually control your behaviors? Mm. Is there something else that's, that's pushing you? So it's like, so actually what leads us to take that behavior um, to, to yeah, create that behavior? It's the, it's the state that you're in. Okay. So 
we can go into yeah should we go into that yeah so there's two states you can be in first of all um is where many of us spend a lot of our time is bound nature or something like bound up constrained um and bound nature is like when i'm when when i'm feeling heavy lethargic when i'm not serving when i'm not performing serving behaviors um when i'm not in a serving mental emotional state and if you're in that non-serving mental emotional state so you're feeling like frantic like so it's made up of feelings like or, or emotions like negative typically negative emotions um it's made of thoughts like i can't do this i'm never going to get there it's made up of behaviors um and it's made up of physical sensations too but if if like if we're if we're in that bound nature we're never going to perform the behaviors that lead us to success if we're in the opposite of that though free nature free is in like open um liberated um you feel successful you've got thoughts like i can do this even like if we can generate that state then the behaviors take care of themselves. Like think about when you last reached like effortless effort, like when you just smashed your nutrition, it wasn't even a thought. If we can get you to that state, you don't need to worry about the behaviors because they take care of themselves. It's like you've gone a bit of meta input. You've gone one step beyond. And it's like, okay, so if we can get you to that state, if we can generate that mindset, um, and if we can, can trend up again over time towards that, like that way of feeling, that way of thinking, you don't need to worry about the input. Is that, I assume that takes a long time though. Can do. Yeah. Like, but you can make progress pretty quickly. Like, so you can, you can like, you can start making big progress. People, some people like start digital mindset gym and day five, they're like, you know what? Like I'm crushing it. Some people gets like day six, I'm sorry, week six of the, um, of the on-ramp course. And it's like, Oh, now I'm starting to progress. And it's like, it's typically like up to six weeks before people get like one big, ah, uh-huh, yeah. Okay, right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting going now. But it's a lifelong process. It's like saying, okay, right. I'm, I can deadlift 200 kilos now. Like I don't need to deadlift ever again. Yeah, yeah, so, I guess, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, it does take a long, pro- uh, a long time to make consistent process uh, progress and to, like really rewrite that subconscious story. But some people have this ability, and I'm not sure quite what it is yet. Um, it's probably their influence before has made it that they're a bit less certain. And they're a bit more, they're happy with nuance and happy with dichotomies that they can go, okay, right. I'm unhappy with this. I can, I can make progress now. And some people are a bit more constrained in the way they think. And they're like, they're thinking in categorical terms, like this is the way the world is. Um, and those, they struggle a bit more, but they can still make pro- progress if they're willing to put the work in. Like the, it's like, you can be resistant to doing squats and deadlifts, but if you do squats and deadlifts long enough, you're going to get strong. It's yeah. like, you can be resistant to, observe your inner athlete direction review and your AMWAPs in. Um, but like if you do them consistently, you're going to get the results. Yeah. Um, I think like most things, it's very easy to kind of see what other people need to do. And like, you know, it's easy to tell someone else to not get annoyed by something or to tell someone else to calm down. Although like never in the history of calm down has telling someone to calm down, calm down. But like, yeah, it's my girlfriend with a testy. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like, um, people that I know, like people that I would consider cheerleaders, like people that I would consider the first voice to say like nice lift or the first voice to say, Oh, like you can do it or just believe in yourself or, you know, you've got this, the last one was easy or whatever. And they're the, they're the person that I would see as lacking confidence then. And I would mm-hmm. see as shaking their head, like between two lifts or, you know, head dropping, like body language changing mm-hmm. from the cheerleader to the kind of browbeaten or like, I've even heard them say like, I can't like whispering it or, you know, like mm-hmm. or saying it to the coach being like, I don't think I'll do it again. Or, you know, after a workout, they're the one that's saying like, Oh, that was really that was too hard. Like you know that like oh you did really well in that, but I and I don't think like in general I know some people are like, you know, like throwing out their little fishing line looking for, you know, oh no, you're really good. But like I feel like the people that I'm talking about, um, and I'm guessing that people listening will self-identify with this, of like I don't think they're doing it for the compliment. I think they genuinely can't even hear like the terms that they're using about themselves and how they've trained and how they perform and stuff. Like, you know, I've had, like my wife is crazy strong. She had a baby like five months ago, um, but she's back up. Her numbers are back to where they were. Like, she's just like phenomenal. But like, if we're doing Olympic lifting 
I've never seen anyone lack self-belief as much where it's like, you know, she did, I can't remember what we were doing the other day, but she did like 60 kilo cleans and it's the first time she's done that since like, you know, before the baby and stuff. Mm. And she missed out, you know, you miss out such a long stretch when you're pregnant mm-hmm. as well that you can't. But, mm-hmm. you know, she'd do a perfect lift and then she'd be like, was that okay? And it's like, like, you know what's good. Do you know what? Like, she doesn't. I think that's the thing. And I know there's other people like that as well that will, they'll do something and they'll be the first to pat someone else on the back and be like, you're fucking amazing. Like, that was incredible watching that. And then they do something and it's like, geez, that was really good. They're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I kind of did this and I shouldn't have, whatever. And I found that really hard now. And they're, they're the person that in the middle of the workout, the head drops or they're shaking their head or whatever. But if they see someone else's head drop, they're the first to say like, you know, come on another two minutes or whatever. Like, is that, it does that come down to that kind of self-sabotage or that like, you know, inner athlete that you're talking about? Is that, is that the type of thing that people need to identify and work on? Yeah, they, like you, you've nailed it there. Like it was, it was a vast majority of, especially female athletes as well. I, there's like, I'm not sure what the, the exact limits of like, of, um, of, of gender specific mindsets are but there's definitely traits that are more common in females and that's not to say all females are a certain way and all males are a certain way but there's more traits there's some traits that are very common in, in females and some traits that are typically common in males um but i think that one of the things that we do regardless of gender um is project onto others the requirement that we think we need um and it might not be you're looking for compliments in that situation but it might be that you're looking for someone to validate your your effort or it might be that you're you're looking for someone to just simply encourage you like you might feel that lack of encouragement yourself and you want a bit more encouragement so it might not be that you want the compliment but it might be that you want proof of your or, or yeah validation of your effort there um so yeah that's that's is that's, that a like, dangerous a place thing. to be in though because i know in school like the kind of general thing is don't have the kids relying on external validation, like have them doing it for yeah. themselves and stuff. So is that a dangerous kind of, is that a slippery slope for a, for someone who's doing, like who's exercising, whether it's competing or yeah. just like, you know, recreation? I, yeah, ideally we'd be in this point where it's like, I am a self-motivated individual and self-driven and I understand my drivers and I'm just, I'm a legitimate force of good, but we're social creatures. And there's like, mm. there's a reason why, um, negative emotions arise and there's a reason why um, we have a we have a culture because that culture as a whole and feedback from myself to society and society back to me helps me generate a better perspective on myself and like there's this ongoing thing like can shame be used for good and it's like if you're shaming others no but if you're feeling shame and you're curious enough to go okay what is that like why is that like, what am i telling myself like what's what's the real story there then you can generate some progress from it and some growth from it but if you're like if you're just wallowing in shame that's a very different experience so like yeah mm. we, we have with with enough awareness with enough curiosity i think if we can generate curiosity and like and a real investigative nature it's like yeah i can i can figure this out and like with coaching of course it becomes a hell of a lot easier but people can do it by themselves and then I think as well, like, you know, the, you want that mindset of like, you know, obviously you don't want to go from like never snatching to be like, oh, I can fucking snatch this hundred kilo bar, no problem. Get out of my way. Like you don't want like mm. irrational or delusional self-belief, but like, mm. I guess building up the self-belief to, to hit lists that, you know, to hit your minimuses and to know that, that, you know, to treat them as your minimus, to be like, I can walk in cold off the street and clean 70 kilos. No problem. Like, no problem. I can do that every day of the week unless I break my leg before I walk in. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But I think like that self doubt and like, oh, what if the last time it was just a fluke? And what if I'm tired? And you know those in the workouts, those moments of hands on knees and head dropping, and you know like that positive self talk in workouts or in training. Is that something that has to start off as like? Um, I guess like catching those doubts and catching yourself feeling those feelings and thinking like, oh no, I'm not going to say I can't do it. I'm going to say I'm going to try and do it and gradually get more positive with it. Is it something that requires that kind of conscious effort over a long period of time so much so that eventually it becomes like the default voice? Or is it like you were talking about your deadlift earlier on that just because you deadlift 200 kilos doesn't mean you stop deadlifting? Like, do you, it, Does it still kind of rear its head even with people who've maybe beaten demons? Mm, like good question so i think there's this 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 like idea that we can speak a positive mantra 
over whatever negative is going in. If we, if we can, if we continue to repeat that, then we'll get there. But if the subconscious doesn't believe what the conscious is saying, the subconscious rules like that is mm. just it. So like we can try and generate this, like, yep, I've got this. Like, and then it like, you can see those people who are like, yeah, God, I can crush this. And then there's this disbelief in their eyes. Their mouth might be moving the right way, but their eyes say like, no, I'm, I, I don't. Oh, I've been there thing. where in mid open, someone would be like, come on, you got this. And I'd be like, yeah, I've got it. And in my head, as soon as I finish saying that sentence out loud in my head, I'm like, no, I fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. And you go up to that clean and you're just like, I know I'm just clean pooling this. Like, yeah, I'm just going down that lift. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we, we've like, we, th- we think that we can speak over the top of it. And like, there's some, there's some studies that show you like with enough repetition, we can like change that mindset to a degree. But really what we have to do is learn to listen and learn to observe it. Like the, and the, the myth goes so far to, to think that like those great athletes, like turning up, slapping the thighs, like, yes, I can do this. I can, I'm going to nail this. But really like when you, when you really, when, when, when I coach an athlete to, to turn up to a lift and like turn it on, we're not trying to, like we're not trying to generate something new. We're trying to be able to drop away from all the chatter and the useless self-talk and the useless emotions and just be able to be present and lift it. Like there's this, if you really speak to a great, a truly great athletic performance, like if you speak to, like it doesn't matter what the sport is, they'll say they barely remember what happened yeah. because they, they got in, they switched off and they, it was like they're on autopilot. And that's what we want. Like mm-hmm. we don't want the chatter to be disrupting you. We want you to be relying on your physical ability and like turning off consciousness in some ways, like in the self-awareness and that self-criticism and self-doubt and just being able to just like, okay, I'm going to find that free nature that we talked about and just like follow it and go. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what we want. It's like, the more we interfere with that process, the harder it gets. The more we just turn up to a bar and like switch off and just like pull that perfect clean or that snatch or like or whatever it is. That's when we find true athletic greatness, not from trying to force it. Like bound nature is like bound nature is when we force behaviors or force an outcome. Free nature is when there's an absence of force. And if we can get to that place of an absence of force, then we excel. Um, yeah, that's that's what we need to try and do. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would be suffering then as well with, you know, like you've got that competition setting or even a group setting of training. Like we had a class yesterday as the first class back outdoors. You know, there was a, it's the first time training with other people, like not on a laptop. And like you hit levels that you haven't hit in 10 weeks where it's like, oh shit, I forgot that you could push yourself that far. Like, you know, you kind of rest becomes a more secondary thing and you find that push from, you know, you're looking at the person's side just thinking, shit, they're on this part, I should catch up. Or I think, you know, it was said on this podcast a good while ago that like comparison is the thief of joy, but it's also can be used like in a good way where you might know like, oh, there's person X. I know person X would probably be maybe around ahead of me or might be around behind me or might be on the same round. So I know that I should be keeping up with them or just behind them or just ahead of them. So you can use it for that. But like, I think people are missing that when they're training at home and that kind of intensity is hard to replicate in an isolated setting. So is there tips or tricks or anything that people can use to try and replicate those settings? Or is that something that you just kind of have to accept that isn't going to be there when you're on your own? Yeah. On the comparison thing, like, yeah, comparison can be the thief joy, but it's a, it's a really individual thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know that Pat Vellner and, and Brent have had conversations between each other and there's even like conflict on on the professor project between them they're not real conflict but they just have like slightly different opinions on it yeah. um like there's there's a video where a pat saying like oh yeah if you want to compare yourself compare yourself like you should do it like and if like and there's brent saying like you just stay in your own lane and just ignore everything else it's like yeah. what works for you and the the real key here is does it result in positive thoughts positive emotions and positive outcomes or does it help you like another way of saying that is does it help you achieve your goal by comparing yourself if it doesn't then drop it <laughs> like we need to find a way around that and we need to like stop comparing yourself if it helps you become a better person and you aren't left feeling like guilt and shame and embarrassment at the end of it like do it like you, you you're open to it but how do we how do we generate that at the um the start of a ward by ourselves Honestly, it's very difficult. Like I, I'm not sure. That's what got... you were kind of saying at the start of like, why are you training? Like, what do you? Yeah, there's this idea that you can just say like, oh, remember your why. And it's like, yeah, I suppose. in your kitchen. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I was doing I was doing front squats before this, and I was just pacing around so much, and I knew I was doing it, and I was just like, you know, I'd be looking at my phone, I'd be like, oh, I need to write up on the board there. What I'm like, totally just procrastinating. Whereas I know that if I was in the gym setting, I'd have my head screwed on because that's the place that I go to do that, and that's mm-hmm. you know like. I wouldn't have my phone on me in the gym and I wouldn't have these distractions available to me in the gym. So I think people might have a similar struggle where it's like, once you walk in the door of the gym, you say your hellos or whatever, you might stretch, do whatever, you have your routine, beeper goes, you know that you're there. It's like going, you go to church to pray and then, you know, you go to your toilet to do a shit, like you don't mix the two. I think possibly the weirdest analogy I've ever used, but like, I think that's fucking great. <laughs> similar in the gym like you know i'm used to walking into the gym feeling the the smells the sounds the sights the texture of the floor and all that kind of stuff kind of it becomes like almost like muscle memory where i know like this is the place that i do this thing subconsciously i'm thinking about it whereas when i walk into my kitchen it's like this is where i make a cup of coffee this is where i pet the dog or whatever and then the squat rack is there and it's like a bit of a jarring thing Mm -hmm. yeah like culture creates your expectations Mm -hmm. like so if we are like if the coach of your kitchen is cooking dinner, then it's very difficult to implement a training program in there. Mm. But we can we can rewrite the story over time. Like if you if you've like if you can create your own personal culture where that degree of pushing hard, um, it comes about naturally. Like yeah. for example, uh, to bring it up again, I know Brent does this and he trains mostly by himself, and like you can you can get to that point. But for the majority of us, like firstly, is it really necessary? Like physically, do we need to be pushing to that limit every single time? Yeah, yeah. Not as often as we think we do. But like on, on the psychological level, like there's, we can, we can build to that. But I think we, we need to use the culture and like there's, there's this idea that we, we see items not as items, but as ways of, 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 of means of action in the world. Like, like a, a tree trunk on the floor isn't just a tree trunk, it's a seat. Like, and it's like, if we can yeah. see the gym as a place of pushing hard, which we naturally do because the whole culture that surrounds it is like, oh, there's a, there's a person lying on the floor in the classic CrossFit recovery position with chalk outline around them. Crying. Like if we, yeah, yeah. There's a person trying to cradle their, their soul back to life. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like when we've seen that, it's like, okay, right. That's the culture. That's who I am. Like, I think, that culture is why we, we level up and we level up and we level up and we level up. It's like, it's very generous, uh, difficult to generate that by yourself. Like mm. you, can, you can always work towards progress and you can keep getting better, but like it is, it is more difficult. Like that's, that's the reason we have culture to go back to. That's the reason we have society because um, we function better because we average each other out and can trend upwards as a whole. Mm. Next time you see me, I'm going to be wearing a t-shirt that says you go to church to pray in the toilet shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's so that way around. Yeah. Um, I think confidence is another thing that was brought up. So a uh, couple of, I suppose, factors to this, like a couple of people ask different questions that kind of merge into one. So I think one person was talking about the confidence that you might feel at home or that you might feel in the gym in familiar settings, but then that feeling of kind of becoming overawed or freezing in a competitive setting or when it becomes the moment to, you know, um, I suppose that moment of vindica- vindication maybe or that moment that you spoke about at the start where it's like you're, you're, you know that pat on the back is available to you if you can do this thing and you get that external validation or that uh, you know that good feeling or whatever from for whatever reason you're doing it for um, and then freezing when it matters in your head when it matters most like uh, I suppose that part of it might come down to what you spoke about there about being able to get into that free flow where it's just Correct, like yeah. robo- robotic and it's just, this is the same thing that I did yesterday and it's going to do the same thing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you're hundred percent that like if you, if you can find that, that free nature, you have the opportunity. Like, but when you're put in an abnormal environment, your brain starts like figuring out things. It's like, how can I get out of here? Essentially, it's like, how can I minimize my exposure to, exposure to risk? And like, let's let's go for a bit of a metaphor right now. So, I'm into my rock climbing at the moment. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Like, and there's this style of, of climbing. So you've got like, for everyone who doesn't know climbing, you can you can either start with the the rope all the way to the top and then loop back down to you. One end is on your friend who's belaying you, and one end's on you. So if you fall your friends taking the rope the whole time. So you can, you can barely fall. You can fall like a foot and you feel very, very safe. And then you've got another style, which is your friend and you start with the rope, just attached directly between you on a very short rope. And then as you go up, you clip the rope into, 
essentially support that you place on, on the rock. Um, and this style of like either trad climbing or sport climbing means you climb up, you, you clip into a carabiner and then you, you can't fall below that carabiner, mm. but you can still have a big fall because then you've got another 10 feet to go to the next carabiner to clip mm. into that. So at one point you can, you can like just before you clip the next carabiner, you can fall not only the 10 feet, from you to the carabiner but the 10 feet below as well so you've got some big whippers on there mm. so like for for a while like actually no let's let's stop the false masculinity here it's still terrifying because like you're, you're you're going up it's like fuck i've got a long way to fall and like you're thinking if this carabiner snaps if this if this piece of protection doesn't hold i'm just on the floor mm. um so like you've got that going there and for a long time it really limited me and in, in my climbing because i wasn't willing to to go up to that level um but what we need to learn and the way that i got over that was that by starting almost in your comfort zone by starting just in just outside in the unknown so like um, am i doing something slightly uncomfortable but i'm still mostly safe if we can start there and then progressively move that out and out and out and out and out and out and out, we can learn to find that free nature again. So recently I was, I was climbing in the dark and we could hear, like, so being in BC in British Columbia, there's grizzlies around and there's all kinds of coyotes around. We're climbing in the dark on Friday night and I could hear the coyotes. I can hear like stuff going around and, and it's like, it's terrifying. So it's like, I had all that going on, but when I was actually climbing, I could switch off and find the free nature mm. again because I'd gradually exposed myself to new experiences and like I'd, I'd gone from the known to the unknown. And it's the same thing with competition. Like if we can successively and progressively and voluntarily expose ourselves to the unknown, then we can become stronger in it and we can learn to find that free nature. Um, like, in, and to get very specific, compete more. Like, that's really what I'm saying here. It's like, can you find more chances to experience whatever the fear is? Is it judgment? Is it like whatever that is? And I progressively go out into it. And when you do that, keep, a, keep awareness of what the subconscious is saying. Keep awareness of what the inner athlete is saying. It's like, okay, what's my thoughts? What's my emotions? What's my physical sensations? What are my behaviors? Like, observe yourself. Um, and if you can do that and continue to expose yourself to new, um, new potential threats or to the unknown, that's when you that's when you can succeed sure. um also on confidence then i think like self-consciousness is a thing that especially people that maybe starting out in the gym or you know like maybe plateauing a bit and not happy with where they're going and stuff and they might start to feel a bit self-conscious like looking at you know their peers will say moving ahead or you know looking better than they feel they look and stuff like that you know i think like Instagram and social media and stuff has a lot of positives, but like we come back to that thing of comparison. And I know I've been, I've done workouts before where like even as recent as yesterday with that training session doing push press with dumbbells and I copped that Joe, our coach, had like the camera, you know, he's doing a, a video mm -hmm. for social media or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the first thought that went through my head, instead of like just consistently doing what I was doing, the first thought was like, fuck, I hope my teacher doesn't go up now when he's going past mm -hmm. me with the camera. That'd be embarrassing. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think self-consciousness is something that I think, you know, a good chunk of the population might suffer with, of, like, maybe not wanting to go uh, out of their comfort zone in a public setting, um, and it might hold them back a little bit. Or maybe not wanting to, like, figuratively and literally go that extra reach that might expose them a little bit, either, like, body consciousness-wise or else just, like, ability-wise, or, you know, they don't want to fail. Um, how can people combat that? Yeah, so there's there's two ways, or like there's many ways, but there's two ways that I'm hopefully going to try and remember as I start talking. Um, there's the, the first thing to think about is like, okay, is there something useful that, that is that is telling you right now? Like, is there is there a gem of use in there? And like, if there's if we're feeling something, and if we have something in the human experience, it evolved and it, it got there for a reason. Evolution says that that developed for a reason, so it's telling you something. It may be very uncomfortable. It's telling you something like you don't fit in, like you don't you don't want to be exposed, you don't want to feel vulnerable, and like the the process of like working through that um, often requires that. Oh, okay, I felt the discomfort. That's why like. This embrace hardship, yeah, it's about working harder in, in a workout, but it's also about embrace the hardship of looking deeply within yourself and going, okay, like I'm, I'm going to try and find some depth to who I am right now. So we have to find that and we have to like be willing to go, okay, there's, there may be a kernel of truth to it. It may be completely blown out of proportion, but there's something that 
I am very unhappy with about myself right now. It could be that. The other thing is like to go back to that climbing metaphor. I didn't head to Yosemite and try and climb up a 512D like when I like so a really hard climb. I did start exactly where I like below my level and then built up the experience and built up the growth. So you, I think really have to start like start practicing a tiny small act of vulnerability or tight or like like you can't go completely outside your comfort zone yeah. so you've got like the awareness there and you've got the very very small progressive action like you can't like sometimes yeah you've got to leap sometimes you've got to leap outside your comfort zone sometimes it's like okay i'm going to take a tiny step forwards into the unknown yeah um i think one message i got today was with all the uncertainty so like Okay, we're recording this on whatever, 9th of June or 8th of June. Mm. So, you know, when this comes out, maybe things might resolve themselves a little bit. But I think with all the uncertainty with everything that's happened at CrossFit HQ and some people, like some people have been involved in this sport, their entire fitness journey has centered on CrossFit and its methodologies and it's, you know, everything about it. And they've got the t-shirt, they've got, you know, that's their, mm-hmm. they're really invested in it. Like, it's you know, they are. either financially or like figuratively they're invested in it. Um, and you see like athletes who've built up these, you know, reputations and client bases and everything through the sport and through the brand. Um, like, you know, I, I kind of feel like maybe people might feel their commitment levels waning a little bit or the uncertainty might have a factor on like, you know, feeling lethargic or feeling like, God, oh, do I want to go and train and stuff like that? Like with, with all that kind of uncertainty that I suppose uncontrollable uncertainty, is there anything that people can do to combat that? Yeah, um, accept it like really bluntly, like accept it as part of reality because like regardless of, regardless of whether you like something or not that is reality right now mm-hmm. so like we can either spend our time going right i wish this wasn't the case like i i wish i didn't feel this way i like i wish that there was more certainty i wish greg glassman could like refrain back and and stuff like that but like but like you can wish all that was the case but it's not and when it like you can look at examples all through history like of much worse situations than this and go right that was that was clearly something that they did not want but if you can if you can accept it and then move further into the unknown and so like we can either be in the known the predictable the safe or we can be in the unknown the 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 chaos the um the threat and the promise but we've got to learn to see that within that within that chaos, within that disorder is both threat and promise simultaneously. It's threatening and it's scary because that's where injury and that's where discomfort and that's where everything that we don't want to happen lives. But there's also excitement, there's meaning, there's growth for you and the whole of society. There's forward, there's forward movement. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's everything that we could possibly want is also out there. So like we can reject reality as it is, or we can take yet another step into the unknown and trust that we have it within ourselves to figure it out and to come out of it better, which we do because you're a human and humans have that incredible capacity to turn chaos into order. And like, and you have to be able to step out to it and boldly and strongly and like take yet another step out and straddle the known and the unknown. If you can do that, that's where meaning looks and like meaning is the indicator that you can find growth. Yeah. Um, going back to the gym, then they're starting to open back up in everywhere, really like the UK States mm-hmm. Canada, and we're a little bit behind, but we're kind of, <laughs> we're getting there. We're running after SE like, wait, um, <laughs> I think goal setting like is something that's going to be paramount. Like I feel like it's basically January for gym mm. goers and people who are training where, you know, in January you've had those two weeks of like nothing is open. You've overindulged. You've, you know, you've missed out on certain things now. Okay. People might not have overindulged because it was over a longer period of time. So they might have more kind of restraint, but you still have that feeling of like, fuck, I've wasted like, 
10 weeks or I haven't trained hard enough or maybe I didn't do this or I said I wanted to do that and I didn't do it like I mean I promised myself I was going to practice handstands every day did I fuck I think I did it twice but like you have those things where life gets in the way or you know you might get distracted and stuff and I think now is basically like people's January again where it's a reset where it can be like right what do I really want to achieve what do I want to do the gyms are open back up I can get to classes every day I've got my coach back in front of me I've got you know, my routine is starting to come back, work is open, I'm not working from home anymore, or, you know, maybe I've got a better routine, but if I am working from home, um, what advice would you give to people who are sitting down on their phone or on a piece of paper with a pen to write down three things that they want to achieve? So, like, what what tips would you have for people that are kind of drumming up ideas now at the minute? Beautiful. And um, the first thing I'd do is encourage them to, take a bit of that enthusiasm that motivation they have now and place it every day into their into their diary for just three to five minutes and ref- continue to reflect on the journey because like the thing about new year's resolutions is that 94 percent of them fail within the year and 40 some i think it's 48 percent fail within the first 14 days so it's like that that's where that spark of motivation has come and gone. So we need something that's going to consistently realign us towards our goal. The first thing we need to do is establish a vision of like, okay, because, because goals are great. Like we know how to achieve goals, like smart goals work. Like if, if we utilize them properly, the smart goals work, but we need to understand what the smart goals are towards, because if they're not towards who we really truly want to be, then we're not going to execute the, the inputs and we're not going to like get back, getting back to that behavior in the state. We're not going to find that input in order to put the output. So we need to create a vision. Like who do you want to be in three to five years? What does that feel like? What will you be able to do? What does that mean for your relationships? What does that mean for your self-esteem? And what does that look like very logistically or practically? Like physically, what does that mean? Like for your career, like this is a lot of work, right? This you can see now that like, this isn't a five minute journal. This is like, this is maybe speaking with a coach. This is maybe sitting down with, with like a notepad or, and finding if a, cafes open like finding like a couple of hours to sit down like really who who do i want to be like because it's a big question and most of us just float through and like set goals and hopefully we get there but it's like who do i really want to be if you've got that time set it um or find a lovely mindset service to help you through it um but like but yeah find that find that progress like oh sorry find find that that time to, to put together that vision. Um, once you've got that, then you can set some smart goals. Okay, so like you've got that kind of reason. It's like, what's the one thing that's going to help me now? Uh, maybe it's sorting out my mobility, and that might have been, looked very different to the strength program that you really, really wanted to do for the short-term fun. Um, once you have that, then we can get back to those five minutes every day or three to five minutes every day. Um, first thing we do is is we call this a direction review. We ref- reflect on the vision. Like, where do I want to be? What's a small aspect of that? Can I draw out some new information of the vision? Can I um, remind myself about what it's going to feel like? And what it does, that reminds the subconscious, like, oh, this is where we're going. Like, this is the new story that we're believing. Like, this is where we're on our way to achieving. So um, say, say we, if, we, if, we, if we, sorry to interrupt, if we pick like a tangible okay. example. Of so say like someone's going back into the gym and they're like, right, I want to be able to do a muscle up. I want to, I want to get the strength required. So I suppose the, the vision is, up on top of the bar, full extension. Mm-hmm. That's where I want to be. So then, as most- well as the emotional state that goes with yeah. that, as well as like, yeah, like so. There's there's everything that goes with that, but it's mm-hmm. also where that leads you five years down the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, go and carry on. So then you've got your you've got your your moment that you're looking for, and you know maybe it's a stepping stone to something else or whatever. But then, so you're saying you break that down, so you might see, okay, well, trying a muscle up fifty times isn't going to get me a muscle up, so I need to just stop doing that and start working on you know whatever strict pull-ups or my core or whatever so they're your little three to five minute things that you need to be earmarking for so so the the first thing we do is like we reflect on that vision we like we think about actually what it's going to be like to pull through those rings or to Mm -hmm. to get up onto that bar and like look around go oh everyone's cheering me this is this is brilliant like like that moment of like the pride and you try and dwell in that pride you try and dwell Mm -hmm. in that kind of emotional state yeah like i've I've got this I've, i've now built up some momentum so now when i go to the next portion of that and that can take like a minute or two when you go to the next portion of this direction review you have the direction okay what am i doing am i on track am i screwing up anyway um do i need to do anything differently do i need to do more do i need to do less like do i need to 
invest in in, in a gymnastics coach? Do I need to um, do I need to just spend some time on YouTube looking at some techniques? Do I need to just put together a plan of doing some pull ups and some dips over and over again and work some negative transitions? Like so, that direction review is like quickly like, am I on course? It's like checking your bearings. Like okay, yeah. I've looked at the map where I'm going. I've drawn the bearings. Like oh okay, that like i need to head east like that's that's the direction i was just going slightly too far south and then finally um you finish that off just by saying like what with intentions for today like what am i going to do right now to get me moving forward so maybe it's um i'm going to today i'm going to do my pull-up routine or maybe it's today i'm going to look into a gymnastics coach like and then you've gone from a very macro of like where i don't want to be into a very specific today i'm going to execute this and that's that's how we maintain motivation and drive um across like a long term but it's like it's also how we set goals and achieve goals and we can come back to the vision frequently we can like within that whole process we've gone from a kind of esoteric like do i really want like it's quite a quite a gist of a goal i guess like not really too specific to very specific intentional actions yeah. and we can reflect the direction it's like okay i i want to choose something different i want to choose something less i want to choose something more like i get close to it so go and i also plan in today i'm going to do this specific piece of, of, of action yeah that's good um yeah listen that was really good really enjoyed that i think we've covered a lot i think a lot of people will take a lot of stuff from either my mental breakdown or your putting back together pieces and uh, no joke that was really good though i enjoyed it um i think yeah i think there's a lot there for people to take thank you so much man like i really do appreciate it um it's yeah really enjoyed it thank you